Hello friends and welcome back to a brand new season of the Psychom Toolkit podcast. I don't know about you, but I've missed this. So I am ready to get back in the seat, get back talking science communication with every single one of you. And I might be biased, but this season is jam-packed with some gems and I am so excited to be sharing all of it with you over the next 10 episodes. In case you and you're around here and wondering who on earth is this woman talking to me and what am I letting myself in for by listening to this episode and this podcast. Firstly, welcome to the Toolkit family, but allow me to explain. I'm Soph, or some of you may know me as Soph Talk Science. I am a molecular biologist turned science communicator and digital content creator. I created this podcast to give researchers and science communicators, or anyone who wants to talk about science really, all the tools they need to communicate their science with confidence. Whether you are just starting out, want to learn a new skill, or level up your Psycom confidence, this show will give you all you need to bring science stories to life. Each season will have 10 episodes where I share tips, advice, and lessons from my own career in science communication and what I've learned along the way. But also, I will talk to other fantastic science communicators and communicators from outside the world of science too, from across the globe, and ask them to share their advice, their experiences, all their knowledge and expertise with you on a range of different psychom topics. But that is not all. Alongside bonus episodes sprinkled around throughout this podcast, every single episode will have an exercise or a resource, just something you can do straight away to help you take that next step towards improving all your science communication skills in what I like to call the DIY section of the podcast. So now that we are all caught up and all on the same page, I hope, for this first episode in season two, I wanted to do something a little different and share something a little bit different to what I have done already. When this podcast comes out, I would have been doing science communication for five whole years in many different shapes and sizes and forms. From that very first foray in science blogging to now doing this as my full-time job, a side hustle, I have an award-winning blog, this podcast and much bigger and bigger SciComm ambitions. I have learned a lot along the way and most of that has been purely from trial and error. So as I pass this milestone, I have taken a look back on what I've done and achieved in science communication so far and there is so much I know now that I wish I had known right from the beginning. The list of those things is endless but I wanted to share just some of those with you all today in the hope that you can learn from my mistakes and help to get a little bit further ahead than I was. I am always learning new things and it's a guarantee that there will be plenty more I will learn along this path too. I'm already learning so much just from interviewing the fabulous communicators for this podcast as well. 
but today I just wanted to share five of those things that I wish I had known before starting on my science communication journey. So I won't keep you waiting any longer. Let's get to it. So the first thing is that it's really important to experiment with science communication, but you don't have to take on every single opportunity. Something I wish I had learned a long time ago. There are so many ways you can do science communication from blogging, podcasting, speaking at festivals, to presenting at academic conferences, or even just writing your research publications. There are always new things that spring up and things in science communication and public engagement and science outreach are always evolving. You might think that when you start your SciComm journey that you want to be a science writer. So you carry on plodding away with those things. Then you discover this whole world of science policy, say, and you want to give that a go. You We'll try it out. Maybe you don't like it. You can go back to writing or you can try out something else like podcasting or science comedy even. This experimentation, this discovery, this trial and error is such a crucial part of doing science communication. I'm five years in now and I'm still figuring out exactly what I want my science communication career to look like. I've ruled some things out. I'm still experimenting with some things. I know there are other things that I still want the opportunities to try out. Having said that, I thought that taking on nearly every opportunity that came my way, whether it was a chance to speak at a conference or to work with a particular brand to promote their game or whatever it was, I thought that nearly every one of those opportunities was going to help me take that next step in my SciComm career, help me get a little bit more exposure, help me get to the next level, would allow me to meet more people with more opportunities and so on. But that is not always the case. There have been opportunities I have taken over the past five years, admittedly for the wrong reasons. It has meant that I've been completely burnt out several times, I didn't really have the passion for it. So it probably hasn't been my best work, which isn't great for my reputation. And lately, I felt like I've lost myself in this world of science communication. Now, I realize this sounds quite extreme. So just a reminder that this is my experience, but there may be something that you can take away from me sharing it. Experiment with what you want to achieve in your science communication. If you are not completely indecisive like me, then you can hopefully get to a clearer goal in your mind sooner rather than later. So whenever you take on an opportunity, ask yourself this. Will it help me take the next step towards my SciComm goal? And will this be a good learning experience for me? If the answer to either of those questions is no, then maybe you don't need to take on that offer. You can be selective with what works for you. Don't forget that. The next thing I wish I had done before starting science communication was having a website. Now, my first foray into science communication was blogging. 
So technically, I had a website, but I mean a personal website. So you can develop a portfolio as you go through your career. You can watch it grow and reflect on how much you've achieved and how far you have come. But also so you don't forget anything like I do quite often. I switched my blog into more of a website later on in my journey, which you can absolutely do. But it did come with its challenges. Your website only needs to be a single page if need be. But having that online presence that you can manage and curate yourself is so valuable. We will dive into the whys and hows of websites for scientists and science communicators in the future episodes. But having that portfolio also means that more opportunities and crucially more relevant opportunities will come your way. And also you can point people to all your experience, all your examples, or neatly packaged up and organized in one single place. It seems like such a simple thing, maybe even a trivial thing to say under this episode title of what I wish I knew before starting. But if I had known about the importance of personal branding, having a niche and basically having an online CV portfolio, whatever you want to call it, then I would have started building that from day dot. And the next one is probably one that any budding science communicator would say, but I wish I had known what a career in science communication actually looked like before I took the leap. Now, there isn't a simple answer for this. There are so many different ways you can have a career in science communication or even use science communication for a more impactful research career. But from my experience, doing science communication within or for organisations is very different to how you do SciComm as a researcher or even how I aspire to do SciComm as a freelancer. The biggest challenge for me since leaving the lab bench behind me and immersing myself in science communication completely is not having my own research to talk about anymore, not having my own little area of expertise that continues to grow. I get a big kick out of supporting researchers to share their latest breakthroughs or helping them see why science communication is so great and how it can help them and sharing other skills and lessons I've learned with other people who want to do science communication. That's the whole reason I do this podcast. But more recently, I have actually really missed talking about science. Now, you might be listening to me thinking, that I sound a little bit mad saying that I don't talk about science when I'm a science communicator. But this kind of links back to this whole point and knowing what a career in science communication looks like. And it's also why I want to continue to share my life and my career as a science communicator for anyone who is also wanting to tread this path. SciComm jobs within science organisations vary wildly. You can have the same job title for different responsibilities or vice versa. And every organisation does things differently. There will be jobs where you do write about the latest science, but there will be other jobs where you have got to think more about the organisation, the brand, their reputation and the strategy. 
So you might be using social media now to share the latest news about, I don't know, reproductive biology. But another science communicator may be using it to promote events and vacancies and news articles that other people have written. Others may dive deeper into the stats and analytics of websites, videos, and so on to make sure they're working towards their goals and the aims of those outputs. What I am trying to say is that not all science communication jobs look the same. So while this big group of people might say they're a science communicator, that doesn't look the same at all. Everyone's going to have different skills, different expertise, different goals, different strategies. So when you're moving between these psychom jobs, you can't always expect the same things as well. This is just another reason why I invite other science communicators and other communicators onto the podcast to share their experiences and also why I want to dedicate a whole season of the Toolkit podcast to careers in science communication in the future. I absolutely do not regret moving into science communication, but with hindsight being the wonderful thing that it is, I just wish I could have known more about what different careers in science communication looked like before I took that leap. The penultimate thing I wanted to share with you today is that consuming is just as important as creating. Many science communicators, including myself, can get too bogged down with the fact that I need to bring out however many blog posts or videos or Instagram posts a week, how we will get judged almost on our outputs. And that is the big part of how we grow and improve and become successful. But if you don't allow yourself to read, you don't know what kind of writer you could be. If you don't go to science festivals, you won't be inspired by others and see what is possible. If you don't listen to someone's TED talk or someone's weekly departmental science seminar, you won't know what kind of presenter and public speaker you can be or you could aspire to be. Of course, it is a fine balance. You don't want to spend all of your time consuming because then that doesn't give you any time to formulate your own ideas, to exercise your own creativity, to just give yourself some time to breathe and think and know what you want to stand for or be known for. But just churning out video after video or podcast episode after podcast episode is not what is going to make you successful. Take the time to invest in yourself and your craft too. I've got stuck when I'm just creating and now I feel like I'm consuming far too much that I can't create or just don't know where to start. So just be aware of that when you're doing your own science communication. And that kind of leads me on to my final point for today and probably the biggest thing I wish I had known before starting science communication and indeed it is so relevant to many aspects of my life and that is do not be afraid to ask. Ask questions, ask for help, ask for opportunities and experiences, ask for feedback. The worst that can happen is that the person you are asking says no. When I started my first full-time job in science communication, I genuinely thought I needed to know all the answers and I didn't have any qualifications in 
the science communication space. So safe to say my imposter syndrome was through the roof, but that is not the case. People want to help you learn and want to see you grow and flourish. If they don't, then they are not the manager or mentor for you. When I've been working within organizations as a science communicator, I was too afraid to ask people in similar roles to mine questions like what metrics do they track on social media and why, which ones are important, how do they manage their organization's blog and so on and so on. I thought they wouldn't want to share because they are competitors or because it was some kind of secret or because I would get judged for not knowing. Stupid things like that. Since I have asked some wonderful colleagues recently, just these simple questions, I have learned so much. And as usual, I now have even more questions to ask to learn even more. You will never know if you don't ask. So if there is just one thing that you take away from this episode or even this whole podcast series, please let it be this. And just like that, we are back at the DIY section of the pod. This is the section where I share an exercise or resource with you so you can go and take action on the episode's topic and build your skills right away. With today's episode being a little bit different to the ones I've already shared in season one, it's been more of a personal or reflective one. I was wondering if there was anything that I'd be able to share in this part, but it turns out there is, and there are two little things I would like you to think about. Firstly, ask yourself if you are consuming and creating in balance. If you are tipping too much in one direction than the other, then start to make some little tweaks to level it up. And don't forget to just give yourself some time to think as well. Journaling is something I have found during the pandemic, during lockdown, which has been so valuable for me. It's really helped with my creativity and it's just helped me get all the noise out of my head and see a little bit clearer. So maybe it would work for you as well. And also remember when you are creating, you don't always have to publish or show what it is. If you are trying out a new style of writing or if you just want to practice editing and cutting some video footage together to see what works or what doesn't work, you don't have to show it to anyone. It's that act of creating that is what we're looking for here. The final thing and the thing I really, really want you to do today whenever you have finished listening to this episode is to ask for something. If you have a psychon question, ask someone you admire or look up to how they did it. Ask that person to be your psychon mentor or ask if they have a spare five minutes to give you some feedback on your latest article. Ask someone if you can volunteer with them to gain some radio production experience or whatever experience or opportunity you're looking for. Whatever it is that is relevant to you, send that email, that DM, whatever it is just ask. And that is a wrap on this episode. I am so excited to be back and sharing more Psycom tips, thoughts and advice in season two. 
If you are new here, then please do head back and listen through season one, where we talk through the SciComm Foundations. We talk about making science films, free tools to help you with your SciComm and more. And there is plenty more where that came from too for everybody listening to this. I will be here sharing more with you every week for the next 10 episodes. If you enjoyed today's episode, then please let me know. As mentioned, feedback is super important. And of course, do also let me know if you didn't like it either, as I do want to improve and share useful things for you as well. But if you did enjoy this episode, please share it with your friends, your family or your lab mates. It all helps me to get this podcast into the ears of more people and hopefully grow our community of science communicators even further. As always, I would be hugely grateful if you wanted to rate, review or subscribe to the podcast. You can also get all the transcripts, show notes and resources from all of the episodes so far on my website. That's sofetalkscience.com forward slash toolkit and you can find me on socials too. But until next time, have a fab week and I hope to see you back here on the SciComm Toolkit podcast very soon. Bye.